I am fantasy and paranormal romance author Leslie Penelope, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello friends, today is Saturday, September 17th, 2022, and this is episode 187 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. This week's best thing was the movie The Woman King, which we saw last night. Now, I saw the trailer, and I was kind of excited about the trailer, and then there's a lot of discourse around the movie on different levels that was fair, I guess, but also highly critical in this age of highly criticalness. Um, some of it was just about ha- portraying dark-skinned Black women as warriors, trying to masculinize them, and as sort of a negative from, you know, there's a whole like Black femininity community that is against that idea. Some women can find, find the idea of like badass Black women soldiers as empowering, and some find it as masculinizing and taking away from our femininity. So that's part of the discourse. Another level of discourse was about the Dahomey, and uh, which is the tribe that these women are from, and how they were notorious slavers. You know, Africans enslaved their own people. They would fight and then take prisoners of war and sell them to the white people. And the Dahomey were definitely extremely prevalent in this. Um, but that criticism comes from people who haven't seen the movie because the movie deals head on with that situation. So the other part of it. I guess come to your own conclusions about about that. Uh, but the movie on its own merits as a film was incredible. Like I left the theater just feeling energized. It was like really emotional. There were great characters. There were fantastic performances. Lashana Lynch was killing it. Tesu Mbudu, I don't think I'm saying her name right. She was amazing. Viola Davis was very strong and stable, but it felt like she was kind of restrained. And, I, and maybe that's part of her acting style. She's not always restrained, though. Sometimes she can go to 10. In this film, you know, she was as part of the character. So her, her action was restrained, but very communicative. Like you could feel all her emotions. There was another character who, um, I don't remember her name, but she was really tall and thin. And she was an amazing character. And there were some missteps in the story. This is one movie where I can say, the romantic subplot was completely unnecessary and superfluous and actually kind of took away from the story a little bit. But overall, I loved it. John Boyega was really good. In the trailer, you kind of get an idea about him, but that's not the real idea. There there was a woman who was the, um, she played the mayor in the movie, The Batman. It's a young black woman mayor who was in this as one of the wives of the king, killing it. I just really enjoyed this movie. And I didn't think I would. Like, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see what they were doing with it. But I didn't expect to love it. And I did. So if anyone's on the fence about seeing The Woman King, please go see it. Make your own decisions. I, I, some of the things and the criticisms coming from people who, who are just assuming based on the topic that they know what the movie's going to be. And it's really, it's not. There are some tough things to watch dealing with slavery. And if you're the type of person that needs trigger warnings, you should probably look that up because there's stuff in there. But it is PG-13. It's not overly gory. There's not too much fighting. It was like the right amount of fighting. Because a lot of action movies, and I don't know if I would call this an action movie, but there's good action, really good fight scenes, good choreography. But sometimes in action movies, it's like too much fighting. I'm just like, I'm bored. When is this fight going to be over? Can I get back to the story, please? This was not like that. So yeah, I can't I can't say enough good things about this movie. I really did enjoy it a lot. My writing update. I am 
getting closer to the end. We are just under two weeks from the deadline. I'm going to hit the deadline. That's not going to be a problem. I'm going to turn in a completed manuscript, and (laughs) that's all I can say. I was in my mastermind this morning just talking about feeling this type of way about this point I'm at the book where I'm not completely sure it's coming together. Like There was a moment last week when I was like, triumphant, like, yes, it's coming together. And then, of course, days later, it was like, wait, is this, this is not what I wanted to do. What's happening? What is this? And my friends reminded me that this is exactly how I act at this part of each manuscript. Um, one of them reminded me about writing the fourth book of Earth Singer, Requiem of Silence, trying to wrap up this massive storyline and how I felt about that and the ending. Apparently, I thought the ending was a mess, got back to revisions, you know, worked on it again and fixed it. And I'm really proud of that, of that book and of the ending. So apparently I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. I'm exactly where I always am. I can look at the shelf behind me, at the books that I finished, and take some solace in that. It will get there. doesn't have to be there now. I just have to finish writing it. I think it was Nora Roberts who said, you can't fix a blank page. So I am going through rewriting most of the scenes, replotting, reconceiving as necessary, adding random things in world building that I'm just, I mean, I pantsed something, and it just, and all of a sudden... There's an underground railroad. <laughs> it's like an underground trail, like a subway. It's basically a subway. and being ridiculous. But uh, it just appeared in the world, in the fantasy world. Uh, this is a story that takes place in 1935, so there's no... Well, there were subways in 1935, but not where my story takes place. But yeah, just things popping up in my mind, and I'm writing them down, and then we'll see what happens with them. It's been a lot. Also in writing news... The fantasy anthology Once Upon a Forbidden Desire released this past week. It includes my short story, uh, Her Majesty's Wolf, which is my gender-swapped Red Riding Hood retelling, and which I'm very, very proud of. I love that story so much. I just reread it uh, recently, and I do like it. So yeah, it's I don't know when they're raising the price. By the time you hear this, they might have raised it from 99 cents, but definitely check it out. And 20 fairy tale retellings by fantasy romance authors. Uh, yeah, the pre-orders were great. And I don't think we're going to hit a list. They were like, it's not a list run in terms of hitting like the USA Today bestseller list. We had a lot of pre-orders getting closer to that threshold, but I don't know that we got enough. I don't think that it was quite high enough, uh, which is fine because as great as that would be, for me, controversial opinion, uh, hitting a list on an anthology is not like... I don't want to say it doesn't count, but I wouldn't, even if we did hit the list with the anthology, I wouldn't add that to my title or, you know, anywhere. I think it makes the most, it means the most when you hit it on your own. Now, a lot of indies have hit various lists back when you could hit New York Times with anthologies, and that's how they got their letters, but it's just my philosophy. I mean, some authors will do that, and some authors are kind of like me, where it's like, if it's your own book, it, it feels like it's real, you know? And something I meant to talk about last week, but it was on my list and I just forgot. The TikTok class. So I'm taking this class. It's called TikTok Sells Books. It's specifically about book talk, the book section of TikTok. And after months and months of saying that I'm not getting on TikTok, it's a hard pass. I just don't have time for TikTok. I decided to take the class to learn how to use TikTok. 
And it turns out I might be good at it. I don't know. We'll see. At the time of recording, I have about 800 followers. This time last week, I had 37 followers. (laughs) So because there are billions, literal billions of people on TikTok, something like 5 billion people? I don't know. That sounds high, but it also sounds accurate because it was a crazy number. You can get these crazy numbers of followers and views and all of this feedback on TikTok that you know normal people aren't going to get on other on other platforms. And so I decided to take the class just to have an organized way, you know, lessons every day, forcing you to post every day, teaching you actually how to use this app because I have video editing experience. I used to be a video editor. I edited a documentary. I can't edit on my phone. I hate phone video editors. Instagram, reels, terrible. TikTok editor, terrible. If I hadn't taken this class, there's no way I would have figured this out. It would would take me forever. So I'm grateful for that. Um, It's incredibly non-intuitive, which they, they admit and they tell you. But it has its own thing. And once you learn it, you can understand it. And then, of course, it changes all the time, apparently, too. So yeah, I had a couple that kind of took off um, and that resulted in me getting hundreds of followers within like two days, just off of one or two videos that, it wasn't even the videos from the class. It was just like a random thought I had and I made a video about it and posted it. And it had like, last time I checked, 7,500 views or more. I don't know. I don't get it. And part of it is like, you'll never get it because it's the mysteries of the algorithm, Um, But also there are patterns apparently that you can see what TikTok likes for me, what kind of contest. You kind of try a bunch of different types of things and see what happens and see what what the algorithm promotes to other people because that's what's going to take off. And it's also counterintuitive because you want to get lots of followers, but you also want to get on the For You page, which is like the main flowing timeline. So the point of your you know, videos is not to hit your followers. The point is to hit people who don't follow you to get them to follow you. And then you make more videos to get people who aren't following you. And it actually is fun. I mean, I, I set a timer for TikTok to watch videos. You're supposed to watch to train the algorithm so that you're in book talk and not author talk or any of the other subgroups and audiences that are a part of TikTok. So I want to focus on book talk and not make author content. Like I wouldn't do stuff I do here in the podcast because this is like author stuff. Whereas the book talk is more talking about books. You can talk about your own books and other books you're reading and there's a whole strategy. And if you're interested, you should definitely take the class if you're an author. Uh, but I am having fun like watching the videos. It's really interesting just to try to watch it with an eye of analyzing like, why is this, why do people like this? Why why is this video interesting or funny or fun? And then trying to understand the unique aspects of it because it is a completely different beast to Instagram. Instagram has always been my favorite social media, uh, but it's like Instagram is much more sedate and it feels like you're going into like a grown-up lounge. You know, you're going to go hear a band at, um, you know, the type of place where you sit at a table and you have to order food, but you're listening to music, right? TikTok is more like going to the 930 Club. Uh, and if you're not familiar with DC and the clubs, it's like a club where you go, there's no seats, you stand up, and there's a mosh pit. You know, it's just like, although I've never seen a mosh pit at 930, but I'm sure they are there. Totally different energy, totally different vibe. 
even though it sounds similar, you're posting videos, you don't post still images on TikTok. Completely different. And it's interesting because, you know, when we were gearing up for the Monsters We Defy, and it was with the new publisher, Orbit, I had a meeting with the marketing and publicity team, and one of their suggestions was for me, for, for me to get on TikTok. And they were saying that all, all you have to do is sort of repurpose your podcast content. You're already recording videos for the podcast. You can take clips and put them on TikTok. And you really can't do that. Like, I felt like I had some internal resistance to that idea at the time, mostly because I didn't want to be on TikTok. But before I took the class, I even tried one of that because I, I do that a little bit on Instagram when I remember, like I've tried to take clips and, and post them just to, to promote the podcast. But that's not really the kind of content that TikTok wants. And that's not a good strategy. So and I've heard other kinds of strategies for, oh, just repurpose things and stick it on TikTok. Like, mm, no, it's a whole, it's a vibe. It's a community and there are memes and mores and, you know, expectations that you can't just do and that are different from Instagram and different from Facebook and everything has its own energy and its own um, like atmosphere. So it's important to, to know and, and to spend some time on the platform to see, is this something you're interested in? Um, why do people like this? It also is giving more insights on why people like certain books and trying to figure out how I can talk about my books in a way that makes people interested in reading them, which is entirely the whole point. <laughs> also, right before I signed up for the class, I saw in another Facebook group that there's a State Department warning about not putting TikTok on your phone and all of the horrible security uh, problems that it has. Like it's, it asks for lots of permissions, there's security holes. I read a whole article about it. So my choice was to use a completely separate phone for TikTok. So I've got my regular phone, iPhone 11, I think. I'm using my old phone, my iPhone 7, just for TikTok. I have to have a battery case on it because it doesn't hold a charge at all, which is why I had to get a new phone. So I'm constantly charging it. But I only have TikTok on this phone. I had I wiped it. I, I went back to factory on it. And it just has, it has Facebook also because the class stuff is, is coming through a Facebook group. And actually, I had started using this phone for live events. So this is actually the phone that I use Square on. So when I'm selling books in person, like when I went to a Polycon, I my Square reader is hooked up to that. So the only apps on it besides TikTok and Facebook are Square. And so, because I didn't want to use my regular phone, you know, when I'm selling books and people are like assigning it or whatever they have to have to do on it. Uh, so yeah, having it on a separate phone also means that I'm not constantly on the app. And I was like, can I put all of my social media on this phone? So I have to actually get this separate phone that is not my normal phone to even look at TikTok. And I, I feel like that's a good way to, at least for me, to separate it. So it's, it's meant to be addictive. I know all social media is meant to be highly, highly addictive. And I, I haven't manufactured any more time in my life since not wanting to be on TikTok. So their suggestion is to replace TikTok, replace another social media app with TikTok. So not that I posted on Instagram a lot before, but it's even less, at least during this class. And the class is only like 10 days. And then we'll see. I mean, uh, ideally, I'd be posting once a day on TikTok and do it in batches. Just like, you know, you're kind of supposed to do social media in batches anyway, although I rarely ever do. So I could definitely see myself wanting to batch this because 
I know the initial videos have taken forever and lots and lots of re-recording as I figure out how to use it. And that'll get easier. I think it'll just get faster to have a couple of ideas during the week or when I'm scrolling and try to do them in a batch. I don't know. It's just still really new. It's only been a week and I'm still learning and trying to figure it all out. So if you're interested in seeing what I'm up to over there, I'm on as Leslie Penelope. It's the same as my Twitter and Instagram handles. So I think that's it for me for this week. Um, goals, keep writing. I did not finish everything in a week when I wanted to in terms of the, my work in progress. I thought if I pushed hard, I could finish everything in one week, but that was not realistic. I will be able to finish this week. And that still gives me another week to print everything out, reread it. Um, there's a couple of things I know I need to add, things I discovered late in the revision process that I have to seed in earlier in the manuscript. And uh, so, yeah, just be working full steam ahead on that and getting it done. I did lose a little bit of steam and energy this week just through the self-doubt and also a little bit of tiredness with the project. Like it's getting towards the end. Sometimes you have this finishing energy that's a burst and then sometimes it contracts and you're like, I am just trying to get over the line and every step is a struggle. And that does change day by day, which I know it's just frustrating when it happens, when it actually manifests in real life. But it's going to get done and it's going to be fine. So I hope to talk to you next week and I hope that you have a wonderful week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the Footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. You can email me at podcast at and I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcasts. 